Welcome to the Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident and competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Manager Track podcast. Yes, we made it through the first year. This has been a year of weekly podcasting and I am more passionate and enthusiastic than ever before. And I was pretty passionate about this when I got started, but I'm such a strong believer in podcasting and in the way that I can speak with you and reach all of you through this content and helping you lighten the load of leadership a little bit with some inspiration and tips, suggestions, maybe new perspectives that I get to share with you on this weekly podcast. For all of you who've been listening or writing comments and uh, responding to me or even my clients who bring up topics from the podcast and our coaching calls, I love you all. Um, I'm so grateful for you and and to another year of the Manager Track podcast. I'm excited about what the future will hold. Now today we're going to talk about five specific strategies to be more present. Now this is a topic that I covered with my leadership circle group, which is a monthly leadership program for experienced leaders. And some of those things that we talked about there, I want to share with you here in this podcast as well. But before we dive in, there's something that else that came up this week in one of our coaching calls, and I wanted to share that with you as well. And this was about the little phrase, I don't know. This is in a coaching conversation. We were talking about a third person who said as a response to a request or a question, I don't know. And in my head, I was immediately thinking, I don't know is actually not a complete sentence. I understand that grammatically it is a complete sentence, but intellectually speaking, it is not a complete sentence because in the sentence or the phrase, I don't know, should always be followed up with, but here's how I can find out, or here is what I need, or here's what I'm going to do about it. But it should always be followed up with something because it is by itself not complete. It's not a complete thought. You got to add something to it. When we tell our brains that we don't know, period, it will keep us stuck. It is a place for our brain to just linger in this unknown phase or unknown stage. And by saying this, we're not challenging our brain to find actual solutions, to get into the knowing. You might have heard this sentence, The quality of your life depends on the questions that you ask. And there are people who have nice quotes on this. But the point is, we need to ask good questions. And the I don't know statement period is not a question, right? And that's the reason why it keeps us stuck. When we ask questions such as, I don't know right now, but how can I find out? And I ask this myself, my brain will want to answer this question. Our brains are wired to answer questions. So now I am going to look for answers. I'm going to look for solutions. And this is why I'm saying, I don't know. And then period is not a complete sentence. So if there are people that you manage who say, I don't know, as an answer to you, don't give them the answer. Ask them a better question. How can you find out? What is it that you do know so far? What have you considered? Ask them all those questions, get their brains thinking versus you just stepping in and giving an answer. 
If there are areas in your life which may be work-related or may not be work-related where you tell yourself, I don't know, where you notice yourself saying, I don't know, pause for a good moment and look for better questions. What can you do about it? What do you know? What next step, first step, small step can you take? But there's got to be something else coming after I don't know. It is in my world. It is not a complete sentence. And I encourage you to take on this idea, this perspective that there needs to be something else coming right after I don't know. So that's a quick message and insight that I wanted to share from one of this week's coaching calls. Now let's dive into the five strategies of becoming a more present leader. You might think, well, being present is kind of a nice to have, but listen, Ramona, I got fires left and right. I can't always be present. I'm trying to multitask. I got kids at home and pets and things are going on. It is hard to stay present. I get you, but I also want to challenge you with the thought that being present is sort of a nice to have. In fact, Bain & Company did a survey on 2,000 employees and they identified different leadership traits, 33 in total, in fact. And being mindfully present was the most essential of all because present leaders have the ability to stay level-headed, cope with stress, empathize with others, and listen more deeply. And those are all really important skills and behaviors to demonstrate as a leader. Let me repeat, staying level-headed, especially during chaos, you as the leader have to remain the calm person. That is what will make people want to follow your lead because you realize that you're staying composed, you're able to think and you're not spiraling. When we see other people spiral, then the likelihood for us to lose confidence that they will lead us well drops, right? The second one is to cope with stress. It will get crazier as you climb the ranks. I remember one time I felt like my job was crazy and there was an executive standing in front of me who said, um, yeah, you, you know, you're going through this learning curve. And then he says, just get ready because every time you get promoted, it gets crazier and crazier. And I thought in my mind, like, no, it's not like possible. I see that you have more responsibility, but gosh, it cannot get crazier. I can't do this if it gets crazier. The point is that as you evolve and as you grow, you become more resilient. But also the faster that you can learn how to cope with stress and respond well to stress, stay level-headed during those situations, the the better you will perform because you will simply be making better decisions and other people will have more confidence in you. But you're also preparing yourself for more responsibilities, for bigger challenges. Now, the other points were about empathizing with others and listen more deeply. Critical leadership skills. Because ultimately, it's about you're in the business of people as a people leader. It's about relationships and it's about trust and mutual understanding. Now, the other thing to keep in mind literally is, and this is, this is something I keep top of mind and have to remind myself often, is that 
my time, your time and attention truly is the most valuable gift that you can give others. Your time and attention is the most valuable gift that you can give others. So when you think about one-on-one meetings, for example, and you aren't present in them, you're like checking your messages or your emails or being distracted or maybe you even cancel the one-on-ones or reschedule, you send a message directly or indirectly. You're sending a message. It's not important enough or I don't have time. Making that time out of your day is an incredibly valuable gift and sends a very strong message to your direct reports. So with that said, I hope you understand why this is an important topic. Whether you are on day one of your leadership journey, this is your first day in a leadership role, or whether you are 10, 20 years into leading people, being present is something to pay attention to. It's not to be undermined. Yes, it's not always at the forefront. It's often not part of a leadership development curriculum unless your company specifically invests in mindfulness and potentially even burnout prevention or in stress management and so forth. But chances are high that you've never had a conversation around how to be more present or even had time to really reflect on how present or when you are present or or when you are maybe not as present as you'd like to be. So let's talk about these five strategies. The first strategy is to simply remind yourself to be in the moment. And being in the moment means that the current moment, the current meeting that you're in, whatever you're focused on, whatever is on your to-do list that you decide and commit to executing, the meeting that you're participating in, the conversation that you're having, this is where you're needed most. So you're making an upfront decision when you plan your week and when you accept invitations or decline them or when you decide to respond to certain emails or not, that's when you make the decision, where am I going to allocate my time and where am I going to be present? Then once you're in it, this is where you should be. It is also where you need it most. Being present in the moment then will also allow you to practice reflective listening because you're not focused on other things. You keep in mind that this is where you need it most. You being 100% present will allow you to practice reflective listening. It will help you see things and hear things that you might have otherwise overlooked or not remembered. You might be able to connect dots if you were distracted. You wouldn't see It is also what allows you to address the elephant in the room because likely you had the chance to read the room and to notice what is the elephant in the room. Because when you're distracted and when you're trying to multitask, you're probably just trying to hang in there and to keep up with the conversation and to respond if you were put on the spot, but you're not going to be the one who's showing up as a leader in the conversation. So to remember So strategy one is about remembering that the current moment is where you need it most. Strategy two is planning ahead. So I alluded to this in strategy one when I said you want to plan your week ahead and when you accept invitations or you decide on what you're going to do and the the projects or initiatives that you're going to work on, the conversations you're going to have, That is when you choose and plan ahead where you're going to be present and or maybe what you're not going to attend to ahead of time. 
But you're not going to be in it and then while you're in it, deciding not to be present. Because if you do so, you're being reactive and it's a high chance that you're reacting to some sense of like stress factor or fear factor or or like your instinctual and emotional brain are reacting to what's going on outside of you versus you using your thinking brain, which is your neocortex, to properly plan ahead and make decisions for what you think is best for you and best for what the demands and the role that you have. So the more that you plan ahead, the better you will do. The more that you plan ahead, the easier it will be. It is similar to, for example, when I plan ahead when I will go to the gym, the moment that gym shows up on my calendar, I do not question that decision unless I'm physically sick. But otherwise, I made that decision ahead of time because I knew this is going to be the best time for me to go to the gym. I need to go to the gym X amount of times or exercise or meditate or go on a walk or whatever that is. For you, But I decide ahead of time with my thinking brain, not in the moment when I think, oh, I'm stressed out. I should respond to these emails because maybe then my client thinks, why is she not responding to my email? It's been too long. And so I feel uh, I want to please the people and I get into this emotional reactive state. No, I don't allow myself to get there because I plan ahead on when am I going to cha- into the chamber and then I will be at the chamber and will be present. The same thing here. So plan ahead where and how you want to be present. This can also include the plan ahead how you want to demonstrate your presence to others. It can be that you write handwritten notes or in an office environment. We know and hear about a lot of those CEOs or founders who schedule in their calendar to walk through the factories, right? Or to walk through the office and just linger around and have chit chats with people around in the hallways. They actually put that on their schedule. It's not that this idea just popped up in their mind and then they drop what they were doing and they go walk around the factory. No, they had this planned. They would say every morning from 9 to 10, I will walk around and talk to people. Or every time it's someone's birthday, it's in my calendar and I will write a handwritten note to let them know how much I appreciate them. Or every time it's someone's anniversary or someone may have a big success, I will send flowers or give a gift or do something. So you plan ahead and how you want to show your presence so that others feel seen, heard, and understood. What are those little things that you want to demonstrate to others? I remember that one of the managers that I had made a big deal out of celebrating people's birthdays. So the assistant would make sure that everyone's birthdays was in their calendar. There was a reminder in there that would alert my manager of their birthday probably a couple days in advance. We would all sell, um, we would all sign a card. There would be flowers or chocolate and things like this on there in a balloon. I forgot, but there was a big, it was a big deal. Birthday was a big deal. That specific leader chose to celebrate people's birthdays in this particular way. It wasn't in the spur of the moment. It's like, oh, it's your birthday. Sure, let's celebrate. No, this was very intentionally planned ahead of time. Now, birthday is just one of the things that you could do. I encourage you and want to invite you to think about what is it that you want to celebrate? How do you want your team members to be seen, heard, and understood? Think about this for a moment. And then plan ahead. 
Good, moving on. Strategy number three is to solve less and listen more. So being fully present and listen with an open mind is often the most powerful way to solve issues. It is not to give advice and to solve it for other people. Simply being present, listening attentively, asking specific questions, instilling confidence in others, letting other people see and know and feel that we trust them to come up with solutions, that we have confidence of them figuring it out. That in itself often solves it. We don't need to always jump in and have the answers ready and be there for them to figure things out and get stuff done. Let them own the problem and let them own the solution. Now, I'm not saying to never give advice. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying solve less and listen more. So that's strategy number three. Strategy number four is to actually practice some mindfulness. And that includes, maybe for you, this would be to meditate five minutes a day or longer than that. It could be to walk outside or to get some fresh air, to go on like leisurely strolls after you had an intense meeting. Maybe it is for you to stretch your body. Maybe it is to take a piece of paper and do a thought download. A thought download is to Write down on paper everything that's going on through your head. Write down your thoughts. It may seem a little awkward in the beginning, but it will get easier over time. It will become a natural practice. I do this every day now. And it's so, it's like this mental hygiene of cleaning out my thinking, my thoughts and becoming aware of what's going through my head versus my thoughts just running unconsciously. It's a mindfulness practice. It could also be to reflect back on certain things that happened And then to focus on the things that you can control, but to build in some self-reflection. These are all different ways to practice mindfulness. But again, unless we are consciously making a decision, intentionally plan for it, it's likely that we don't do it. So maybe you have to put a, a reminder in your calendar or even a reminder on your phone to stretch or to take your eyes off your screens we often get tired just from looking at a screen so to look somewhere else or go outside how do you build this in so that even during the most stressful days you do it in fact it's the most stressful days that you need to do it that's the day that you need to go on a stroll for a moment that you need to get some fresh air between meetings that you need to stretch your body to be at your best. But unless you think about it ahead of time and you choose ahead of time, how are you going to do it? It's very unlikely that it will happen because you will be reactive to everything that's going around you. And when it's a stressful day, the last thing that you probably just think about will be to go on a quick walk. That would probably not, that at least does not cross my mind in the moment unless I have it scheduled, planned out, or I have a reminder on my desk. Unless I have it scheduled or planned or it's already a built-in habit that I naturally will follow. Now, the fifth and last strategy has to do with your outer presence, with how you demonstrate your presence to others. This, there are three components to this. First one is eye contact. 
Now, a lot of us are working remotely. And so eye contact can be a little bit tricky because you're looking at the screen. Should I be looking at the lens? People have different opinions here. I personally prefer to look at the lens when I'm speaking to someone and then looking at my screen when someone else is talking. That's not a hard rule. I think what's way more important is that you actually pay attention to your eye contact. Are you wandering off? Are you looking away? Are you looking at your notes? Are you doing other things? Are you distracted during a meeting? And people can see by looking at your eyes that you're not paying attention and that you're distracted. Watch your outer presence. Your eye contact will tell a lot. It sends it sends a it sends a conscious and even unconscious message to other people. The second one is your tone of voice. Are you raising your voice? Are you speaking in a way that is loud and clear and articulate and you enunciate your words? The voice in itself is actually five times more important than the words that you say. So you might say the smartest thing, but if you mumble or you don't have any inflection in your voice or your volume is really low and it's hard for people to hear what you're saying, your actual message, the words that you're saying will be diluted. The third component has to do with body language. Being up, sitting up straight or standing up straight having an open frame, an inclusive posture. It sends a better message to other people. But this body language, in fact, also influences how you personally think and how you communicate. So don't underestimate this. If you happen to have a recording, because these days we record a lot of uh, team meetings, for example. If you have a recording of yourself presenting or talking in a meeting, I encourage you, to look at that recording. Yes, go pull it out in the archive or whatever those are saved. Fast forward to the section that you're talking, then just observe yourself. Look at your eye contact, listen to your voice, and then look at your body posture. Is it coming across as a present, confident, and competent leader? Or does it not? And if not, then what is even just one thing that you can tweak a bit and do better next time around. It is about getting better a little bit at a time. But if we move from one thing to the next, we never actually reflect and look back and how did we do? And what is one thing I could do better? Our growth will not nearly be as accelerated and as fast as it is or could be when we stop, look back, reflect, and then take action based on this self-reflection. So let me do a quick recap. The five strategies were one, be in the moment. This is where you need it most. Number two, plan ahead. How are you going to make others feel seen, heard, and understood? Where are you going to demonstrate your presence and how are you going to do so? Number three, solve less and listen more. Strategy number four, practice mindfulness And plan that ahead as well, especially during the stressful days. And then strategy number five has to do with your outer presence. It it goes hand in hand with your executive presence. It's your eye contact, your tone of voice, and your body language. Are they demonstrating that you are fully present, engaged, and open to the conversation that is happening right now? Are you feeling disengaged or uninterested? in the conversation. 
right? You might have even noticed in my tone now, I'm like, as I'm leaning over, as I'm slouching, as I say this. Instead, when you open up and you use gesture, eye contact, tone of voice, body language, all of that to demonstrate how, to demonstrate your presence to others. Those five strategies combined will boost your presence as a leader, how you feel about it and how other people perceive it. And again, doing this will help you cope with stress, stay level-headed, empathize with others, and listen more deeply. All really, really powerful leadership skills. So now I invite you and encourage you to, to put this into action. Instead of just listening to this podcast and moving on right away to something else or to another podcast, pause for a moment and write down your key takeaway. What are one, two, maybe three things that you want to start implementing right away? And then Go do this, apply it, make it happen this week. Get the ball rolling and start boosting your presence as a leader. Now, if you found this helpful, please share it along to friends, other colleagues. Also, if you can spare five seconds to give this a five-star review on the podcast platform that you're listening to, it would help me reach more people, more leaders with messages like this, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week in another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Talk soon. Bye-bye. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.